It's like, it's like the devil trying to scare you. But then the angels come in and the angels, they let you know who's in trouble. This is New Wine for New Wineskins. My name is Rigoberto Dominguez. Welcome to the segment. Go get your Bibles and notepads and let's get that new wine. I tried living apart from God. At times I was feeling so far from God. My faith in his people that left me scarred. The hatred and hurt was so bizarre. I thought that they would always ride for me. I cried but nobody replied to me. I questioned the truth inside of me and right about then is when the devil had lied to me. Like, hold up, God got you, he don't ever show up. All his people acting like they know you. Tell you that you do it for the money, fame, power, trying to blow up. Why you playing games, trying to grow up? You been reading Bibles and leading studies and helping your little buddies, but tell me what it's really doing for you. They gon' still tell you you're faking phony, you're your every motive, so what's the point in trying to keep it loyal? Said you have faith, fake, you're starting to race fake. Can't even take dates, you're hoping to save faith. Trying to go mainstream in order to reach folk. Ain't nobody rocking with you, especially these folk. I lost it, why not drinking liquor in my closet? I used to pray in here, but now I'm saucy. I'm losing money, I'm a lost profit I'm making bad decisions every time I get exhausted Lord, I don't even really know the real me now Demons got me tripping, trying to kill me now Sitting, trying to figure who can help me get delivered Send an angel in an Uber, come and heal me now Evil, you ain't got no control of me I'm never too far from the blood that flowed for me I lost a lot, but got too much again I'll probably never be the same, but I ain't worried Because I know you're storing me How to suffer through the storm Alright, alright, alright Welcome back to New Wine for New Wineskins It's Friday, March 5th 2021 the year of our lord and savior jesus christ hey good to i was gonna say see you but good to hear you and uh and know that uh things are changing uh the winds are shifting and i know that in many people's lives and the world itself is uh, you know, there's there's a constant flow of uh, different dynamics, and um, you know, I I, um, I I'm I pay attention. I pay attention, and I I it's my uh, personal obligation and responsibility to to discern, to discern my surroundings, to discern my environment, to discern uh, my outset, and ultimately to walk in a path that leads me in the right direction. Uh, you know, but sometimes uh, there is uh, storms and waves and winds that seem to want to steer you and me off the path. And I, I want to talk about some things today that uh, not necessarily uh, only affect us as we are in the middle of this walk with God, with uh, with our families, you know, with our uh, our fellow human beings and uh, who are created in God's image, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, but sometimes uh, we forget that we didn't start off this way, that there was a, there was a beginning to this walk. There was uh, an introduction to this new way of life. And, uh, you know, there was there was things that needed to get sifted out, things that needed to move away things that needed to be removed and things that needed to be uh, what I like to call deconstructed so they can be reconstructed. And maybe that's another podcast there. Um, but tonight, you know, uh, I really want to uh, emphasize on the, on the theme of what I want to call false traditions and false uh, beliefs. 
and things that misled us to believe a lie and steer us in the wrong direction. And these false traditions and false beliefs actually were with us when we were exposed to the truth of God. And we were forced to reconcile them and do something with them. And tonight we want to address some of these matters and see what happened when we engaged truth in the midst of falsehood. You know, again, yes, I want to start off with uh, a statement that uh, Dr. A.W. Tozer said in his article, How Important is Creed? And he states that the effort to be practicing Christians without knowing what Christianity is about must always fail. The true Christian should be, indeed must be, a theologian. He must know at least something of the wealth of truth revealed in the Holy Scriptures. And he must know it with sufficient clarity, sufficient clarity to state it and defend his statement. And what can be stated and defended is a creed. And I think that this is a vital, a vital, uh, important uh, statement on behalf of Dr. Tozer to speak to us in this time because not only do I see that we've lost the original foundation of the creed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, his life, not only his life that was bled for the forgiveness of our sins, that he crucified and died to deliver us from the power of Satan and his demons, and that he resurrected to give us a new creation in Christ, a new identity in God, the Holy Spirit confirmation of sonship or daughtership, and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ to give us power and authority over every principality and evil spirit in the heavenly realms. You see, this creed has been lost in the midst of traditional and, and I think, commercial practicing of Christianity. Things that no longer have anything to do with what Christian foundational truth uh, was meant to lead and guide us with. And tonight, I think that's what we want to emphasize because uh, the danger of the danger of going back to church and doing church as usual or as it has been in the past is to lose the sight of what God was intending to do to wake us up when He coughed on the world with COVID nineteen. Everybody knows that they're guilty. Everybody knows that they've lied. Everybody knows that they're guilty. Resting on their conscience, eating their inside. It's freedom. Said it's freedom time now. Hey, this is Rigoberto Dominguez just checking in again at 
New Wine for New Wine Skins. Want to inform everybody out there to check it in the podcast every Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Don't miss it. We always got something new, something fresh for you. It's Freedom Time. Who will dominate the opinions, schisms, and isms, keeping us a forms of religion, conforming our vision to the world, church's decision, and track. Okay. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, yes, you know, there's there's this common practice in uh, those of us who either grew up in a particular religious environment or tradition or custom that it carries over into our livelihood at some level with some with some influence. Now, I can't tell you that I was fully uh, devoted in the faith and practice of my of my my parents uh, or family members, uh, but it did influence me uh, that enough that it that it played a role at some level in my life. <clears throat> I did. I did acknowledge it as part of my custom, as part of my tradition. Now, um, the flaw there is that it was just it was just that it was a traditional and customary practice. I had no depth and no knowledge of what all I was doing or why I was doing it. Uh, more than it felt sacred to me, it felt. Um, it felt religious to me. It felt necessary to me, and uh, and so um, I allowed it to influence me uh, to the point where I carried it on my own. But little did I know, little did I know, that what I was doing is allowing myself to mold a mindset of faith and religious practice that had no power, that had no potency that had no deliverance and i didn't realize it at the time because at the time it seemed that even though that's all i had that it was sufficient for me uh, but what was limited was not necessarily the desire uh to practice and to uh play out in my life but the knowledge and the depth of understanding of what i was trying to possess and I think that this is what uh, A.W. Tozer wants to emphasize when he talks about establishing a healthy creed, one that has understanding. And, you know, uh, Dr. Tozer goes on to say in his article uh, how important is creed. Uh, he states that because the heart of the Christian life is admittedly uh, ad admittedly faith in a person the lord jesus christ it has been relatively easy for some to press this truth out of all proportion and teach that faith in the person of the lord jesus christ is all that matters who the lord jesus is matters not who his father was whether the lord jesus is god or a man or both whether or not he he accepted uh, the superstitions or errors of his time as true, or whether he actually rose again after his passion or was only thought to have done so by his devoted followers, these things are not important. 
So the no creed, say the no creed advocates, what is vital is that we believe on him and try to follow his teachings. This, uh, A.W. Tozer says, is an error. What is overlooked, he goes on to say, what is overlooked here is that the conflict of Christ with the Pharisees was over the question of who he was. His claim to be God stirred the Pharisees to fury. He could have cooled the fire of their anger by backing away from his claim to equality with God, but he refused to do it. And he further taught that faith in him embraced a belief that he is very God and that apart from this, there could be no salvation for anyone. He said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if, for if ye believe that not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Now, Dr. Tozer is quoting the scriptures. And stating uh, to the Pharisees that they have established a traditional customary faith and overlooked the importance of acknowledging who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And the Lord Jesus Christ here is emphasizing that the overlooking of his, of his deity, of him being God, was of great importance. You know, I remember, I remember that when tradition clashed with truth in my own life, I was forced to reconcile all that I thought was sacred, all that I thought was important in my life, and the customs and the traditions that I have molded all on my own, even though they had slight influence from uh, my family members and parents, there was something that I formulated all on my own to consider valuable and sacred in my heart and in my life. But when truth challenged it, and when truth came and said that those things shall not be practiced and they are an offense to God, I was forced to reconcile not only with my thoughts, but my feelings with my moral conscience and ultimately my actions, my life practice. And I was forced to either dismiss the lie that I had adopted and embrace the truth to be renewed in my thinking and in my life or revert back to old practices and dismiss the truth altogether. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that has relation to these practices and challenges that me and you have experienced in life. And then we'll talk about how are you and me dealing with the daily false traditions and customs that want to embed themselves again in our soul. And I'm going to read out of the book of Mark in chapter 7. And I'm starting in verse 1. 
The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around the Lord Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with unclean, quote, unclean, that is, ceremonially unwashed hands. The Pharisees and all the Jews do, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked the Lord Jesus, why, do, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? Why? Why do you do these things? Why, do, why don't you consider the traditions of your forefathers? And now I'm just talking. I'm not necessarily reading scripture because I'm going to stop there for a minute and challenge ourselves. Why? I mean, has anybody ever challenged you in these areas and say, why don't you do this this way? And why don't you do that that way? Or has anybody challenged you once you started practicing your faith and you know that it was going to stir and ruffle some feathers in your family tradition and, cer and, and ceremonial washings? Let's call it that. Their ceremonial washings when they come in, hey, we don't do that or we don't practice that. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it that way? Almost as if to throw a guilt trip on you and make you feel as if you're doing something wrong. Something unsacred. Something inappropriate. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ has an answer for me and you and for, the, for those who challenge your practice of truth. Here's what the Lord Jesus Christ responded to them in verse 6. And the Lord said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Wow. Listen, hear the Lord Answers with the prophetic word of the prophet Isaiah in 740 BC. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Now, I've heard this. Now, what I mean is that I've heard the challenges on my own. In my own walk, when people had come up to me and even family members sat to say and stated to me, we don't practice the faith that way. Why are you doing it? Why are you insulting us? It's offensive to our family members. It's offensive to the tribe of our household or the tribe of our last name that you don't practice the faith like we practice it. As if to say that we are doing it wrong now who's to say that they're doing it right and i think that's the thing that i was forced to reconcile that these things that i had adopted and that you have adopted from family members or traditional or customary practices in your household or maybe for years in your life 
all of a sudden the truth of God's word comes to illuminate your soul and you do something different or you stop practicing something that you used to practice, the offense comes. Now, why is it coming? Why, why are those who are offended not trying to understand what you're doing? Instead, they take immediate offense of why you're doing it. And, you know, I always and I always was sincere in my response because I wanted to be sensitive and respectful at the same time, but still challenging. And lots of times uh, my response to the challenge was, how do you know that what you believe is true? And usually the traditional and customary response was because my parents taught me that. And how do you know that what your parents taught you was valid? Because their parents taught it to them. And how do you know that their parents and what they believed was true as well? Because their parents taught it to them. And on and on and on and on. See, it came on to this ongoing, uh, traditional, customary, pass on from generation to generation uh, value system. But nobody ever said because we found the perfect fixed point of reference from God's word that actually emphasizes these practices. And so because we found that it is God who spoke these things into existence, that this is why we practice them into in our lives. And so we implemented them in our traditional values. No, they keep stating that their parents taught them, but never that one time. Did anybody try to line it up with the absolute truth of God's word? See, because that's what we need to do as practicing believers. We need to line up our traditional, customary, and if we want to say popular cultural practices with God's word. Because one thing we want to make sure of, does it offend God? Is God okay with what you're doing today? Is God okay with what you're doing right now? Or what you did 10 minutes ago. See we need to put it side by side. And we need to parallel it. To see if it lines up. With the author of truth. Because then we'll realize. Whether our traditions are validated. Or they're false. And this is what I did. And this is what we need to do. And once I lined up. The truth of God's word. Once you line it up and parallel it. To see if it actually is validated or not. Me and you are going to find out that we, listen carefully, that we have been living a big fat lie. That we've been living in falsehood. That we've been misled by false, supposedly sacred traditions and customs. And listen what the Lord has to say about it in verse 8. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. You see, the Lord himself was challenging them and saying, hey, you know very well that these things that you're trying to implement upon the people who live by truth are not God made. They're not given by God. They have no purpose in God's order. And so there's no need to honor it. As a matter of fact, it's an insulting practice to God. It's an insulting practice 
to try to put and implement in a walk with God. You see, brother and sister, me and you, before we came to faith, adopted many things. And we were influenced by music, by movies, by books, by friends, by family members. And we call them we call them and those things sacred. We call them and those things validated in life. And even today, some of us and some of you are still holding to this traditional view and this customary practice. And God has been dealing with you and telling you to give it up and to forfeit it because it doesn't honor him. It offends him. Anybody, anybody who, who believes a lie worships false gods. So imagine, to live a lie is to worship the father of lies. Even if you do it unintentionally, even if you do it uh, with uh, ignorance, it's still idolatry. It's still practicing something that ought not to be. Brother and sister, uh, my challenge to you today is to do a self-examination of what you consider your personal sacred beliefs. And then what you want to do, and I encourage you to do, is grab God's word and open. And if you have a concordance, open up a concordance. A concordance is... Um, is a system of uh, order that dissects God's word according to topic. And what you can do is you can go ahead and pick out any topic that you might still be holding at least to belief in sacred. And not, you might find it well about or what, uh, that what you believe uh, and what you hold still true to be sacred lines up. But you're also going to, and I'm sure that you will, you're also going to discover that those things that you actually look up on those topic lines and you find out the passages of Scripture uh, in God's Word, you're going to find out that God does not approve of them. And when God reveals to you truth, you know, uh, James says, uh, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, it you're guilty of sin. Once you uh, have clear knowledge of the practice that you're doing out of tradition and custom, or popular cultural practice that you realize that these things offend God and are no and are no good for the walking uh, believer in the things of God, that you have the responsibility and the obligation, as I do, to dismiss it, to do away with it, to not offend God with it. Brother and sister, I know that we get flooded with many things. As a matter of fact, some of these things we do uh, unintentionally, um, I know that uh, as we look at our screens daily and are, are sitting there scrolling uh, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever it is, that all of a sudden there's this virus of influence that affects your soul. Uh, and, and for the moment it disturbs you. Um, but if you don't dismiss it right away or block it, you continue to allow it to be an algorithm in uh, in your steady flow of scrolling. Uh, and before you know it, you have more than one uh, impression coming at you. And what we need to do is stop the virus as soon as it surfaces so it doesn't continue to become an algorithm, listen carefully, in our lives. In our lives. A.W. Tozer 
closes his article by saying, To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ savingly means to believe the right things about the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no escaping this. I want to encourage you and challenge you today. I want to encourage you first that if you have um, those things that are convicting to you and are profound to you and you know are of serious sacred value before you and God, then hold them dear and hold them sacred and honor them every single time uh, you, uh, you engage them and encounter them. But also I want to challenge you that if you know and you know that these things that are lingering uh, in your surroundings, whether in your family, whether in your own heart, uh, whether in your workspace, whether with friends or buddies, whoever it is, you know what they are. If you know these things that are lingering uh, seem to be part of your buddy system or part of your work system or part of your family system, I hope not, or part of, I'm sorry to say, part of our church system, and you know very well these things are traditional and customary, but they're not biblical. I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to not only speak up against them, but do something about it to dismiss them altogether. Because this is the time and this is the moment that God has stirred the world with the fear of God to put reverence back into our hearts and conviction, the Holy Spirit conviction, to dismiss and call attention to sin. So this way we can repent from it and turn to a holy God so we can live a holy life before Him. It is. It's a call for another segment. And uh, you'll hear it soon. Uh, and I may give you a sneak peek of it now. Um, when God coughed on the world and brought COVID-19. I only use it today as a tool to remind you that don't go back to things that you think are normal as uh, things as usual. Make sure that this time that you have spent isolated with the fear of God in your heart, not the fear of COVID, but the fear of heart, the fear of God in your heart, uh, because COVID would not even be existing if this world would not be existing. But something, there's something that God wanted to cough into existence to stir the souls of humanity back into himself that we might cry out to the Lord to be merciful, to be graceful. That we went and got on our knees and asked for forgiveness. And we repented. Some of you repented from things that you knew very well. You should have repented a long time ago as soon as COVID hit the scene. You knew very well God was calling your attention to turn away from that mess. Don't go back to church as usual. Don't go back to life as usual. Don't call it normal when God has called you to change it. Brother and sister, again, I encourage you and challenge you at the same time. Break from the traditions and customs of old. Break from false projected lies that have been impressed upon your soul that have no business in your heart. In God's temple, 
this is the reason why the Lord Jesus Christ turned over the turned over the the tables of the money changers and those who were turning God's temple into a den of thieves. Don't do it. Let the Lord Jesus Christ turn the tables over in your heart. Let the Lord Jesus Christ turn the tables over in your soul to stop contaminating the temple of the living God. He said his house was meant to be a house of prayer. Not a storehouse for traditions and customs, for den of thieves. Until next time, brother and sister. This is Rigoberto Dominguez. New wine for new wineskins. New wine for new wineskins. New wine for new wineskins, brother and sister. Hear. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you today. And take heed. God bless you. See you next time. Let me talk. Big plot talk on the line, just hold me down. Big dog beat, take it home, gotta give it to the pound. Yeah, light on my chest and my back, try to take me out. Hey, big brain dripping on stage, make the whole crowd drown.